re 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 ready Check Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. I said Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rewriters Room. We are back. We are still and forever the men with the pen. I am one third of, of uh, this, this trio, the greatest faction, uh, one of the greatest factions, part of the greatest faction, the A-Show Network in wrestling. Um, Armand Sadler, the Brock Lesnar of broadcasting, the John Cena of journalism, the Paul Heyman of podcasting. No. Yeah. And the Roman Reigns of rhetoric. Oh, yeah, that rhymes, too. That's hard. Uh, I don't do the show. Of rhetoric. Oof, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That one's, that's yeah. the one. Alliteration, that's a good one. Broadcasting, <laughs> podcasting. It was, yeah. it, I see it. I, I see it. I snap, I see I'm it. not going to lie. My guys are here, though. How, how y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? What's good? What's good? What's good? It's your boy, Young Sean, a.k.a. Mr. CC, a.k.a. the best rapper and producer in the whole wide world. God body, because I consume healthy products and do towel curls. Benevolent servant to the earth and philanthropist. And every phrase I say is a gym like Anthony's. You could put any nigga next to me. Dope-ass women. Gonna look at him. Hey, who, who the fuck is that? Who's that nigga next to? Is, who's that nigga next to CC? Whose man's is this? I may talk a lot, but only got one thing to say. Love yourself and keep going. You are the world, so give all you can. Take care of your body, your people, and your land. Where my nigga Chan? Uh, so my name is not Chan. I'm actually his identical long-lost brother, Pan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is my babyface run. Um, you know, I've done some good work as a heel, but I'm here to, you know, make the kids smile and sell some toys. So what's up, it's Chan. Uh, reporting live from the mid-card, you know, couldn't be... Couldn't be happier with, you know, the break I took, you know, took a run on NXT 2.0, you know, did some repayments, had some good matches, uh, you know, with Idris, Anafe, and Malik Blade, you know, proud of those boys. I think those will be future um, hired guns at some point in a larger faction. I think that is written all over them. You know, proud of my boy, you know, they trying to make it happen with Von Wagner. They really are. And I'm proud of them for trying. But it's probably not going <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, shout out to NXT 2.0. I really like, of all the wrestling on TV, and this is the wrestling that speaks to me, I just like the fun stuff, and it's just a fun show. So shout out to fun and wrestling, you know. It should be fun, guys. It's just for children. I'm not going to lie. NXT 2.0 is literally, like, it. that shit might put us out of a job. Because, like, when you when you watch that shit, it's like, <laughs> yo, like, I know y'all niggas is professionals, but also at the same time, like, yo, who put this shit together? This shit is wild. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, bro. It'd be, it'd be like, it feels like y'all are fighting every week. Like the same people is getting jumped. It's like, it's, it's honestly reality TV. Like, it, yeah, it, yes. it's, it's, it's yeah. extremely horny. It's just like oh my God, extremely so wacky feuds, just some nuts characters. But I love it. I like, I, I love it's it. all characters. Uh, yeah. This is sports entertainment. And yeah. that has the entertainment cover. It's, it's honestly on a weekly basis it's fell off a little bit for me like it, it, at, at one point 2.0 was my most 
um, yes. enjoyable weekly watch. And Raw's gotten really good. Like, Raw's been great. Even, Raw's heated even, back up, for sure. Even for without sure. a proper world champion and now no tag team champions, like, Raw has been fantastic. And a, a big yeah, part sure. of that is Cody. Like, you know, we've we missed out on, on a lot since we've been going. WrestleMania happened. Cody Rhodes is back. And I'll, I'll admit it. I, I was in the Discord, like, Cody was never that cool to me when he was there in the first place. I wasn't big on him from the AEW I've watched. I don't give a fuck about Cody. He's not going to be a world champion. And then you watch WrestleMania. And, like, we we all knew he was coming. Like, we, we, all, we all knew for, like, a month or two because the A-Show had the scoop. Hey. Um, but to see him appear and just to take to, to, for the lights to go out and you hear wrestling as more than one royal family. <laughs> And you just see him rising up and like the, the camera angle. So he Perfection. really looks larger than Perfection. life. And the way that the crowd roared, the way he just like ate it up, like he like, look, man, I'm a Cody Rhodes fan. A, I'm, I'm a lifelong Cody Rhodes fan since April 2022. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Co- Cody is, is fantastic. That's been one of the most enjoyable things that I've watched ever since we've been away. Um, obviously the Roman being the undisputed universal champion and like, you know, we, we kind of knew it was coming. It was like, oh, if, if, if they're doing this, they're not going to have Brock win this. Like, it, like no. this is something Roman gets to claim. And, you know, it's funny too. I remember we spoke around draft time uh, or something. And I said, yo, if Roman like just, creates the wild card rule for himself and just appears on raw and smackdown whenever that would be lit but they took it a step further and just made him the champion of both shows yep. and it's like there is no comparable run to his run in terms of dominance at this point like there's there, there's no conversation to be had he has not lost a match in almost two years he's won both world titles he's knocked off brock lesnar twice john cena Edge twice, Daniel Bryan, a lot of the crazy superstars of today. Like, and you know, the, the Usos run has gotten stale to me too, but we, we really got to discuss the bloodline amongst these top factions in WWE now, just, just based off of like impact and dominance and like stats alone, like longest reigning universal champion, longest reigning tag team champion simultaneously. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. Um, well, Roman did what I and I have to like I have to stuff my foot in my mouth for this one or whatever like I looked at I looked at the world and wrestling you know post the 2010s right um going into the 2020s or whatever and you see the rise of social media and how the wrestlers are different people than they would have uh hired you know 20 30 years ago or whatever right all these changing things and i'm like yo shit can't ever be the way it used to be roman came back and was like nah you remember when there used to be a champion for four years <laughs> i was like yo i'm like yo this nigga brought he like this nigga like this nigga roman literally came in and said he was like heard they wanted to bring the 80s back that's okay with me that's where they made me yeah i was like man yo so word yeah. i'm like yo you just gonna do that shit where like you have the same champion for years, nigga. Like I had to hear about this because this used to happen before I was born. Like I ha- I haven't seen this in my lifetime. Watch like me sitting down and watching wrestling. 
So I get to see something that my dad got to see or whatever back when, you know, he was like, you know, he, you could just ask him like, who's the wrestling champion. He'd be like, you know, I'm not even going to say the name because I don't respect that nigga on here, but like, you know, he was popular mm-hmm. when he was a kid or whatever. So he would just be like, yeah, you know, he's the champion or whatever. Like you would know those, those names or whatever. Like I'm going, like I could go on Twitter and yeah, some people who like might be kind of semi-involved in wrestling or whatever, but like I'm watching people who not really like, or two or three years ago, wasn't really into wrestling or whatever. And they using Roman means. Yep. I'm like, yo. Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. bro. Yes. Like this shit is different. And then like, you see him, he sits up on Jimmy Fallon and the way that, the way that he presents himself and sits and like, just, you know, behaves in places or whatever. It's like, yo, this nigga think he Tom Cruise. Like he, like, he really think that he like, you look at him and it's like, this motherfucker's like, yeah, I'm a star. And it's not like, it's, and I think the, the amazing thing about what's happening right now is for years. And I'm so, I'm happy as, I gotta say this, I'm happy as fuck for, for Roman or whatever. Because for years, niggas was like, yeah, you that guy that's supposed to be the guy. Ah, but nigga, we don't really believe in you and shit yeah. like that. And then the fans booing him and shit and all this other shit. And now we finally get here. And this nigga is the heel of all heels but at the same time like the most respected and admired <laughs> at the same time so not only and and i think that's a huge difference between him being champion right now and him like bringing back like you know versus like the old days like when they would have a champion for like three years yeah back then when they had a champion for like <clears throat> three years or whatever those people would be faces usually or whatever this guy is not the nice guy or whatever and he's fucking champion for multiple years yeah. that's nuts i've i have never seen this or whatever like we've never seen this shit before and not only that this nigga is doing it while having great matches while telling great storylines and not only great story like how many storylines has this nigga had and how many of them have been like actually bad you remember when we thought ko was like possibly gonna win the championship them niggas sold <laughs> that shit <laughs> I I wanted him to, and you know I, I still think that, th- that they could have done it, but I understand why they did. And and what's happening right now is what you is like oh, like what's happening right now is like you realize like this nigga's different because he's like kind of like he's like Jay or whatever, or like even like a future in that sense where it's just like oh y'all like this dope, I got more dope, I got more dope. <laughs> I got more, I got more dope, <laughs> whatever. He was like, oh, y'all like the feud with this nigga? Watch it with this. This nigga's about to have a feud with a tag team and like split them up individually. And it's very possible that he could affect the tra- trajectory of their tag team and uh, like affect, he can affect potentially the end last part of the run of one wrestler's career and also the start of another wrestler's career mm-hmm. at once. And this is just one of the storylines he's had. Yeah, and will have like this shit is stupid. Sorry, I went on for a long time, but this it's, all shit is it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So that was our our catch up. Uh, we kind of I, I don't want to bury the lead, but I do want to plug our Patreon. So if you are not a subscriber, make sure that you hit Patreon backslash the A Show RNC four. You can catch the video of J Five and Mio's hot chip challenge, one of the funniest things I've ever <laughs> watched. They finally did that. You can catch. 
spot callers. You can catch bonus content of the War Report and the A Show RNC. You can engage with us in our weekly questions and have your answers read off on the A Show. You can do a bunch of different things for a very low price, but the more you pay, the more you get. So I, I, I strongly suggest it. And um, you know, I got to admit to my guys that I am about to go off script a little bit. Um, well, it's off a script that y'all don't have. So it's on script for me, but it's shoot? Script Are we for shooting? Guys. Are you shoot promo right now? Um, I'm kind of shooting. So oh boy. With, with Patreon in mind, with us being rewriters in mind, and with us always looking to take the show to the next level, I am introducing a new segment called Before We Write. So at, every week. Because I, I want to engage in these, you know, you guys have had some incredible heart-pounding trivia battles. Um, <laughs> you know, Money in the Bank, uh, Elimination Chamber, you know, we had some incredi incredible trivia battles. But I kind of want to partake in some trivia, too. So every time you all get an episode of the Rewriters Room, we will cycle through who the hosts and the competitors are. There will be three trivia questions, and they will be related to what our rewrite is um, for this week. We'll put the whole thing up on, on, on the, uh, on the uh, public channel. But moving forward, you guys will only get the first question and the three questions. So we're going to have a different winner every week. So you're going to want to pay for the Patreon so you can get the full before we write segment. And to give you all a taste of it, we're going to jump in. Are you all ready, fellas? Hell yeah. I'm no <laughs> yes. <laughs> Channing, you ready, brother? Sierra Hotel, India, Lima. Excellent. Excellent. So these are in some way related to what our rewrite will be. A reminder. So, uh, you know, think of the, the people that you picked and think about some things that happened surrounding them. So first question, <clears throat> who were all of the other participants in the gauntlet match that Adam Pierce inevitably, inevitably won due to bloodline interference that earned him a title shot against Roman Reigns? at the Royal Rumble that he obviously did not have because Kevin Owens is in the match. So you would get one point per participant. So, you know, who, who, who whoever answers first, if, if you get it right. Shinsuke? Didn't he, he beat Shinsuke? Shishawa that was like the last person? Shinsuke is one of them, yes. Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens is, was not in the match. Shinsuke. Cesaro? Cesaro was not in the match. I'm going to start guessing SmackDown. What about Kofi? Kofi? Stop. <laughs> Kofi was not in the match. Okay. Um... This is 2021. The the uh, New Day was on Raw at that point. New Day was on Raw. Oh, yeah, so this would have been SmackDown. Shit, was Corbin in that? Corbin was in the match, all right. So that's one, one, one Dolph Ziggler? to you. Dolph Ziggler was not in the match. Um, Was it Angel Garza? No. Mustafa <laughs> Ali? The, the, this is the Universal Championship, Channing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Universal Championship. Yeah, Angel Gar Garza, I was like, damn, where he get that shot? First and foremost, that was shade. Yes, yeah, so I was just I can't remember because I remember there was a time, especially during COVID, because COVID has melted my brain, where I feel like there were legitimately five wrestlers on SmackDown. And so I have no idea who was in the, like y'all had Cesaro in the main event. So I don't know. Like I it was a wild time for me. So I don't remember who was yeah. in this Gauntlet match. As soon as you started asking this question, I'm like, bro, everything from the Thunderdome is out of my brain. I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm like, bro, who was even was Braun Strowman even working at WWE? I don't even remember. Like, he was on Raw at this point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think especially because the Thunderdome, everything looks so similarly. I yeah, it's hard to even differentiate who was on. That's yeah, what roster. I'm not gonna lie. Everything was red and blue, like everything was just not the same color. Mm. You know what's funny is that these niggas go to different cities and make the same set in every city. And I'm like, Gigantic oh, yeah, I remember set. this show. I remember what happened on that Monday, this Monday. Yep. But it's something about that Thunderdome that made that shit blur together. I don't know. I got COVID um, fall, probably. Was 
was Jay or Jimmy in the match? No, neither of them. J- J- Jimmy wasn't right. back yet. This is for the heavyweight. This, so, this, this is, this is the Universal the Champion. Universal. Yes. 2021. Three more people. You, 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 you've already said Shinsuke and Corbin. Was was Sami Zayn in this at all? Yes, he was. <laughs> nice. All right, so two more people. Corbin. This, spiritually, I feel like Rusev should have been in this, just given the names, but I know he obviously is not. But like Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Baron Corbin, Rusev is like right there. Like that's, that's his, his peers. Peers. Those are his peers. Like those are his Same people. Here. <laughs> yeah. Two um, more people. Speaking these of that, are, man, these free, are, my, free my nigga, Miro. <laughs> yeah, free, free the Redeemer, dog. Keep up. Um, fuck, was Otis in this match? I don't know. He was not. <laughs> he was not oh, in this match. Right. 2020. How many people were left? Two more people. Shit. Okay. You've he already said, said Shinsuke said Nakamura, Corbin. King Corbin, Sami Zayn. Is Finn Balor? Finn Balor was not. He, was still, he was still in NXT at this point. Yes. Fuck, who was on SmackDown at this time outside of them who would have also got two vets? These are the, these are these are two Sheamus? WWE vets. Sheamus was not in this match. Sheamus was on Raw at this point. Jeffrey Hardy? Jeff Hardy was on no. Raw at this point, I believe. Two vets. Um uh, it wasn't Cesaro. It was not Cesaro. It, Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, sure. I don't think I'm gonna get there. The, the, the final yeah. two are Rey Mysterio. And oh shit, Daniel Bryan. Oh That's yeah, crazy. that nigga wasn't at AEW. Yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So currently, CC has two points. Channing yeah. has one point. The second question related to you guys' favorite person who was mentioned in the uh, last question. Actually, you guys mentioned both these guys in the final in the previous question. Name the stipulations. There are three of them. Of Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman's matches in 2018. Oh, um, oh shit. Was this the dog food? No, that was Roman. Mm-hmm. That was Roman in 2019. These matches were 2018. This is Baron. So this is when Dr. Baron Corbin had hair. No, this is back right. This is this King Corbin. No, this is this is Constable. Constable. Okay, so this is this is the Constable era. Still. This is like right after he got fired. They had they had one match that would determine if he would either be the permanent general manager or lose his job. And Did they have a? He lost that match, but there's a specific stipulation that the match was. Is it if he gets disqualified? No. Like I don't know. Was it? Um, no. All right, I'm just gonna start throwing out stipulations. No DQ. Yes. Uh, boom. Uh, fucking. Uh, Tails out anywhere. Tables match, yes. False County, where no, there's one, one, one more stipulation. How the fuck is there a tables match? Because I thought about it and I'm like, between Braun Strowman and Corbin, there's a fucking tables match. <laughs> That's probably that. that is very, that is very hardcore title of them, but you're you, you said tables match, you said no, no DQ. There's one more steel cage, incorrect. Hell in a cell, uh, not hell in a cell. No, stop it. <laughs> um, although he was in the hell cell match that year. Um, Braun was, was in one, yes. Yeah, Corbin Braun was. Never has. Is there a is this like like a what's one of them like holiday ones? Like the no, no. This this match has its own pay-per-view. They in the elimination chamber together? No. They in the Royal Rumble together? Like, does that count? 
They were actually Extreme Rules match together. Not Money in the TLC, TLC, TLC match together. Correct. TLC. There you go. Yes. Oh, TLC. I thought it was going to yes. be TLC. So they had a tables match and a TLC match. That's yes. what I was like. There's no way there's a tables <laughs> and a TLC. But yeah, the, there you go. The, the tables match happened on Raw too, which is crazy. That's Turn yeah. Up. I actually that was the one thing I remembered. I was like, one of those niggas was in a tables match specifically on Raw. I remember that because I was just like. Uh, I remember watching it. I don't remember what happened, who they were up against, but I just remember being like, I don't think this is the time for a tables match right now. <laughs> it's like tables matches are one of those things where like, as you get older, you always feel like back in my day, they did this more often, but like there was a hundred percent chance. They had way more tables when we were growing up. Like the, the oh, yeah. Dudley boys had tables out like every damn near every week, bro. Yeah. Somebody was getting put, old ladies getting put through tables religiously, dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> but now like you barely see tables matches or people get put through tables. It's kind of wild. Yeah, facts. Final question for this segment of Before We Write. Who won the first championship scramble matches for ECW, Raw, and SmackDown in 2008? So there are three answers here. Championship scramble matches. Triple H, did he win one of them? Triple he H won Raws. Win. Yes, he did, yeah. I want to no, say... No, 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 not, not Raws, but, but Triple H did SmackDowns? win SmackDowns? Yes. He won SmackDowns. Uh-huh. I want to say, because I feel like I was looking at this for another one, because it's like Jericho had it, then Triple H got the very last minute or something like that. What was it? Bobby Lashley got ECWs? No. Was it the biggest of shows got ECWs? No. no. Was it Vincent Kennedy McMahon? No. Was it Edge? No. Who's, who's been the ECW champion? What's his name? Not Maven. No, not Maven. I don't know if Maven was a... Uh, okay, let's see. Raws. I'm going to guess... Chris... No. Shawn Michaels? Not Shawn Michaels, no. Mm, John Cena? Shawn Michaels did have a match that night at uh, Unforgiven 2008 versus someone right. who participated in a championship scramble later that night. Oh, man. Was it Randall Orton? It was not Randall Orton. Was it Kurt Angle? It was not Kurt Angle. He was not in the E at this point. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Triple H. And yeah. So, so, so you got Triple H for SmackDown. So Raw and ECW. Right. Oh, man. Triple H being on SmackDown really threw me for a loop. 2000. Who went on one and two? Was it the. Was it Kane? It was not Kane. Oh, think, my goodness. I think Kane was in the match, though. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's 2008. This is like when I really watched wrestling. This was like a good time for me. So that's what I'm trying to like think of like, how can I not, I remember these matches. I remember thinking that the scramble idea is good. It just needs a little bit more refining, mm-hmm. but it's like a cool idea. Um, was it Chris Jericho won Raws? Chris Jericho did win Raws. Yes. All right. Okay. You, you so that's why are, I had two. That's why I had both of them names. You Got guys it. are tied right now. So whoever gets the ECW, 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 we'll, we'll take this first. Was it Second. Paul Heyman? No, it was not Paul Heyman. No, that was stupid. Why did I even say that? I feel like it's a small person. Was it Rey Mysterio? It was not Rey Mysterio. He was in the Raw one. Okay. Who won the ECW Championship Scramble? Was it CM Punk? It was not CM Punk. CM Punk was on Raw as the World Heavyweight Champion. He got uh, kicked by Randy Orton that night and could not participate and defend his title in the Championship Scramble. Right. Why Chris Jericho got added. right right after beating right. after losing to Shawn Michaels in the unsanctioned match they had that night. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, I knew yeah, because they're all like all the matches are basically involved in the championship scramble. I remember they, they all kind of like bled into it. East, I can't even remember who was on ECW. Now I'm trying to think. Um, it's another big person. Was it Umaga? It was not Umaga. It's not a big person. 
So it was a small person. That's right. It's it's, it's average size person. Uh, yeah, we can go average size. Yeah. CC, you got nothing, bro. Oh, hello, brother. Not sure how we lost you, but uh, welcome back. Uh, do you have any guesses? So he got the uh, he got the Chris Jericho one on Raw. So this is the last point. Just ECW. The winner of the ECW Championship Scramble in two thousand eight. Chavo Guerrero. It was not Chavo Guerrero. Think of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Extreme Championship Wrestling, 2008. God damn, this is like when I started to. Well, no, this is after I fell off too. Uh, like it. Is it Taz? Not Taz. Taz was a com. I don't even think Taz was commentating at this point. Yeah, all I, I can remember that. is the Edge spearing Johnson through that table. That's like what no, keeps playing through my 2006. mind. 2006. Oh wow! So how old we are? Um. Oh my goodness. Extreme Championship Wrestling. Extreme. Team Extreme. Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy? It was Matt Hardy. Hardy. It was nice. Hardy, yeah. Nice. Matt Hardy. All right. He did because Jeff won the uh, the World Heavy at some point. They both were champions. They have that picture together yes. of them holding the title. Yes. Correct. Correct. That's, that, that, that's why I said Extreme Championship Wrestling. Yeah. I was there you go. So, Shannon takes our first segment of Before We Write. And um, this will be a thing that you all get uh, whenever you get an episode of Rewriter's Room. And you can hear the full thing if you subscribe to our Patreon. So make sure that you subscribe. Patreon backslash CA Show RNC. We kind of dabbled in some pre-writes when we were doing our catch-up earlier. Um, so we're going to try to keep these brief. But uh, this week's theme is just really the best and worst storylines uh, since we took our break. Uh, Channing, we'll start with you. What is the best storyline uh, that you have you know, paid attention to? since we uh took our season break well it's really quite simple if you ask me um that's nikita lyons so she is the best storyline um this might be a controversial statement but i think like she might be like the biggest like wwe superstar in like five years from now like obviously like there are far better i'm not saying she's the best wrestler in wwe but i'm just trying in terms of just mainstream appeal like you can already see it like she did couple her first couple of matches, her pin went viral. Like, besides Rhea Ripley, who else is doing that? Like, and it's like she has, again, the Drake thing is like kind of a joke, but also like if Drake is noticing you, then that means Drake's going to at some point be involved. Like, if Drake, you might be in Drake's video, Drake might show up a show, but like the fact that this is like becoming a thing is like let you all know. Is once, like, it was a big deal to get Bad Bunny, obviously, anytime there's a main event person, but like if WWE could somehow get a moment with Drake, that's the biggest story. I mean, that's the that's the most successful person that did at that point. Like at that point, like you talk about like mainstream fans versus like wrestling fans. Like at that point, you jumped into like, oh, this is just a famous person. So, like I said, Nikita Lyons may not be the best wrestler in the company. If she can wrestle just like like 70% good, like a solid C wrestler and keeps the mainstream buzz, she'll be like the most famous person. Cause like just based on purely social media engagement, she'll be able to like move people. So I think that's like one of those storylines of like, I think we are seeing like, not in terms of like necessarily the wrestling pedigree, but like John Cena S like, this is a star who's about to be like super famous. And it's kind of annoying because as you can imagine, some of the stuff she's like famous for is just like being a thick white woman, which is like kind of annoying that that is what it's kind of come down to. But like at, a, at like numbers don't really lie at a certain point. Like you said, She's she's going viral doing everything. Like it sucks she got kicked out of the NXT tournament, but hopefully that's like a storyline thing and not you know some real injury she's dealing with. Um, but yeah, I just think that is 
not necessarily like the best in terms of my favorite, but that is like the one I am watching the most because it's like this is like ground floor level. You might be seeing some like super popping cooking up. Um, yeah. I agree with you there. I think the yeah. WWE is about to find out how many people drink milk. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, my brother, my brother in Christ. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. CC, what's what's the best best storyline you've you've uh, you've seen since we took our break? Uh, I mean, I like maybe I'm biased because I grew up on the person, and maybe I'm biased because I, like these were, I feel like these were more of a thing when I was younger. Yeah. Um, but Judgment Day, dude. Like I I haven't watched a faction form in a seemingly organic way in a really long time like um the last time i felt like oh this is i like the way i see this faction is for uh forming or whatever was hurt business Mm -hmm. um and it was you know uh, but a lot of that was because you know bias of shit it was very very black and i was was, yeah i was here for it (laughs) but with this one you know, like Edge comes out and he's like, you know, I, like he's the he's playing the role of the judge. Like he's, you know, oh, he's judging everyone because he sits at the top of the mountain of wrestling. He's one of the, the best or if not the best or whatever. And not only does he say that he's like these people are also like the best people as well. So it's funny because like the reason why I think this is great is because it's a it's like the one of the greatest sneaky ways to have a hall of famer co-sign some of your new stars and push them into that next level like mm-hmm. it's amazing like what they're doing is just saying like hey Ed, like edge is basically like taking what gangrel did for him and passing it yeah. on to a couple other real people, shit right yeah. and that's exactly the way i see it because like i watched this and like Edge had the same experience. He was already in the WWE and then Gangrel came around or whatever. And then they made the faction out of it. He like joined that. And because he joined that, a bunch of goofy shit that I'm currently watching happen or whatever. <laughs> and, but he goes on to, you know, he learns all these things or whatever because he's around all these people. Like Gangrel, Gangrel puts Edge next to Undertaker. Like, and then because of that, there's so much shit that he goes on to learn and do or whatever. Now, Edge gets to have matches with whoever the hell he wants to. And because of that, now you got Damien, like, you know, like this faction and the people in this faction are going to get a lot, like they're going to be marquee now or whatever. Not to say that they're going to be go off and be marquee names like after this is done. But while this is happening, they're going to get some marquee shit off. And on top of that, I just fucking love factions. I love, I love yeah. a bunch of gang shit. And I love watching niggas like who look like they're on the same page gang up or whatever. So like when you think about it, Edge was heavy on that rock star shit or whatever. Like that's his shit is that, you know, that rocker shit. So like you could see this faction coming before it even happened or whatever. Cause you look at the WWE and who matches up with that. It's like, oh yeah, Damian Priest was on that shit. Oh yeah, Reed was on that shit or whatever. Let's pull them in whatever and on top of that them niggas is good 
Like they are good or whatever. And they're going to get better because they're with edge. Like then they're going to get better in multiple ways. They're going to get better in ring. They're going to get better on the mic. They're going to get better uh, at character work. They're going to get better at wrapping all three of those things into one kind of like long 10, 15 minute segment and shit like that. Like, I just love all that on top of the fact that I've never in my life sat down and watched edge be uh, an like, uh, cause I, I missed the part where he was like, really like a real, real asshole before. So I get oh, to like, great. yeah, <laughs> he's such a dick I, I get to that part. I cannot wait. Uh, part of the reason why I'm rewatching it in the first place is because I know I missed a greatness. So I'm, I'm trying to get to that with context, but, um, bruh, when I think about this faction and like everywhere it's going to go and what it's going to do for these people's careers. And then just like being able to watch a faction now, and then also influencing other people, like showing them like, Hey, you can form a faction and actually like storytell still without actually putting somebody in the background or whatever. It still works or whatever. Cause when you think about how much talent WWE has, it's like, okay, this is a, it's a good proof of concept. Sorry. I'm a tech nigga. So I'm always thinking that it's a good proof of concept to go on and repeat this with other people if you need to like now you gotta like you have a recipe that you can go back to or whatever so like we've had the hurt business but like recently i haven't seen anything like i've seen like with judgment day and i honestly judgment day is like one of those things where it's just like i don't know i don't see like how i can't predict it I think that's my favorite thing about it. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next with them. And I'm like, oh, shit. And when I I think think back to how I was a kid, kid, no, you good. I'm about to wrap it up. When I think back to how I was as a kid, that's exactly how the factions were. Not all the factions, but some of the factions and specifically the brood was. It was just like, who the fuck is these niggas going to bloodbath this week? Like, I have no idea. But um, (laughs) yeah. No, I was like, to your point, I, that's a really good point, because I think what it is, because I was thinking about that, just as you said, is that part of it is that with a lot of factions that are like two guys and a girl, it's usually like a tag team with like a manager. But with Judgment Day, it's like three single superstars who are all together, because it almost feels like, well, shouldn't Damien and Rhea be a tag team? But it's like, well, no, because like, they couldn't just have entered their tag match. But like, that's, you don't know, like, oh, so like, are they going to, who are they going to like beef with this stuff? So yeah, it kind of gives this kind of you know you don't know where they're going and also to your proof of concept point like i, that, I was gonna make that point 100 like i swear it's like i have like an 85 percent success rate of like we saying but yeah i'm gonna have one popping person and put them with two new people like it works every time team angle toxic attract like like you said every time you take the one star edge and you put them with two new people and like every time it's cool and obviously you can't keep doing that because it gets redundant but like mm-hmm. i feel like with wrestling like to your point i love a faction i love evolution where you got triple h you got randy and batista and then brick is over here too but it's like that kind of concept of popping wrestler two young guys it just always is cool it's always like it always hits is like this you know i'm the mentor and i got these kind of young guys going underneath me it always works so like yeah. to your point of proof of concept like i'm excited to see what judgment day does I, you know i'm excited to see if Hopefully, Edge in this run, I do want him to have a world title, you know, reign at some point. I think he deserves that. So, hopefully, this leads to him, you know, getting one of these titles off Roman or something. But I just am with you. And, like, I really am excited about this faction because I was not super hot on Damian Priest. Rhea kind of, you know, was on a downward spiral. But, yeah. like, this is definitely upped, I think, both of their kind of stock. And just like you said, I don't know what's going to happen. And at some point, is, like, Rhea Ripley going to turn on Edge? Like, what do we like? Where do we know is this going to end? Like, there's just yeah. so much story that you have to go that I think is really cool. I, yeah, I, and I, I, I think, um, go ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say the last point, and I didn't think about this until you just kind of pointed out how they're very like they're, each one of them is a single superstar. 
I don't think I've ever seen a woman in a faction with guys, and I'm looking at her as another one of the wrestlers. Not by DX, like China. China's the I only one I could think of. Yeah, that's that was yeah, that's the last it. time. Yeah. And even with that, they like put her in the background a lot yeah. and like had yeah. her be like a person who's on the side. Rhea is here to whoop ass, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> shoulder to shoulder with some of you dudes. Like she's bigger, yeah. like than some of the male superstars. On and the that's roster. the yeah. and I think that's the thing is like, yo, I'm like, yo, bro, like there's no limit to what Rhea can do because yeah. of like I already, I already like I think the main thing that comes out of this is like you get like we've had this thing in the WWE for the last like I'll call it 15 years or whatever of like of watching it start or whatever because I watched like I watched it start as I wasn't watching wrestling I could tell where it was going of trying to elevate the women and make sure they're respected and looked at as wrestlers just like everyone else this is how you fucking do that shit yep this is one way and I like it but um, like yeah you about to say Armand yeah no I was I was gonna say Chan made a really great point is like the the genius of it to me is the timing of it all like Priest came in when he, you know, got on the main roster, he was next to Bad Bunny. We, we loved him, you know, and mm-hmm. then Bad Bunny left and I was like, all right, we're invested. And then he got the U.S. title and, you know, he held it for a while, but the matches weren't all that great. And the whole character split thing was like, we're like, where is that going? And then it goes here. It goes to yep. him aligning with Edge. Rhea, she has a title. She loses to Charlotte. She teams with Nikki Ash. She's a super baby face. Nikki Ash turns on Rhea. Rhea's like, all right, fine. I'll go team with Liv. And she just gets, you know, flustered with Liv and the fact that they couldn't win. So she turns on Liv. It's like, damn, like Rhea's mean streak. Like, where is that going? It goes to Edge. And then we see Edge, like, after feuding with Miz and then having the mixed tag team match. And, like, you know, his uh, Edge's babyface run since returning has been great. But it's like, I think 90% of wrestling fans love heel Edge. And we kind of saw it come out in WrestleMania when he got super obsessed with Roman and, you know, the main event match yep. and all that. And like, we thought he was going to turn heel and then he didn't. And then he came back and he feuded with Seth and then he brought back, you know, the brood stuff. And, and so then you're cool. like, okay, like it's, it's, it's this slow burn of bringing out that, that, that evil dude with, within him. And then, you know, it comes out against AJ and it's, it's like so perfect, you know, because Finn's career is at like a weird place right now. Um, and him aligning with AJ and then them bringing Liv in, that's a huge look for Liv. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, I definitely have had my critiques for Liv, but her being next to AJ and Finn is going to do, you know, wonders for her as long as they get something substantial out of it. But yeah, I think the timing of the, the Judgment Day is the best part for all of them because they all bring their own, like, they're all popular themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. like they all bring fan bases, like, together. Like, everybody loves Edge. Rhea's super over. Priest, we all really fuck with him. We wanted to see better for him. So it's like, here it is. So it's genius. Absolutely genius. So I, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into these worst storylines so oh, wait, far. Wait, did you do your best? Well, I, I kind of talked I, I kind of talked oh, about did. it in the yeah. catch-up. Uh, Cody, Cody and Roman. Cody w- was really it, though. I just think the presentation is great. And I'm, I'm going to talk about Cody uh, a little bit later in the free write. But, um, yeah, just the, everything they've done with Cody Rhodes so far has been uh, fantastic to me. Um, so these worst storylines since we've been away, what, what you got, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Chan. Uh, you know, the, um, you know, they say they're getting rid of the middle class. They're trying to get rid of the mid card, man. They're squeezing us out. You know, thankfully, thankfully, as I try to tell y'all, the biggest woo has come stateside. You know, he's looking at Ricochet like I am from a different continent. 
So I could therefore be your intercontinental champion. You know, that is, that does fall within my purview, you know? And so that might be coming off soon, but yeah, I just think there was definitely a time, like they say, the, the IC, the neither titles been defended on pay-per-view since like WrestleMania of last year. Like it's, it's very like, interesting because you would think that if the mid-card titles aren't on television then there aren't a lot of like not you know main event feuds but there really are like you said like Seth and Cody is a high level feud that just has no title involved in it Kevin Owens and Ezekiel no title involved in it Omos and Bobby Lashley no title involved in it but you know Austin Theory doesn't have a Hell in a Cell match so it's like that's the weird part we're in now I don't really like Austin Theory that much honestly but just the point of like it's very interesting because there are these other fuse. They're just not with the mid card champions. And so I hopefully, you know, we get some sort of like tournament or something that just kind of open challenge, just starts, you know, picking that back up. But that's kind of been my like least favorite part. Um, it's just like some of the mid card stuff is just really falling off. Cause like, especially when they had it on Finn and Ricochet, it was like, okay, cool. Two good guys who can wrestle. They could have, you know, new opponents, you know, Ricochet's not really wrestled anyone of note. So they, you know, new feuds to start same with Finn. Um, I mean, he has those people know, but he could have new feud start. Um, and it just like didn't really do anything with it. So that's just kind of a weird point where I'm at. Like, I just feel like this is a, a wasted opportunity. And it's like, I get that the kids must love the 24 seven title because Dana Brooke is on TV all the time. Like I get it, but I just wish, you know, we could throw a little, you know, just throw us, throw us up, throw us up Butch Ricochet, you know, Pete Dunn can wrestle. Pete Dunn was your longest reigning UK champion. Like, just throw it there. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've had, I feel like they've been in a war games match together. They probably like each other, you know, that whole thing. So, like, I just feel like there's there's definitely opportunity, especially with all the NXT call-ups. Like, yeah. just like with the Kevin Owens thing, like, having an NXT person come up and, you know, win the IC title or win the US title or face them in their first match, like, that's such an easy, like, slam dunk call-up. And hopefully we get to see some of that, you know, with the guys like Carmelo Hayes. But I just am missing that in my wrestling every week. Yo, I think you're going to get that after um, uh, after we do SummerSlam. I, for some reason, I feel like SummerSlam is going to reset stuff for the mid-card. I've just been, like, feeling that. Because mm-hmm. when you brought this up, it's funny that you brought this up because I was feeling this, too, and I was hoping we would talk about it. And it's like, yeah, like, when you think about that, it's like, how has the IC title not been defended since, what do you say, WrestleMania of last year? Yeah, it was like, it's been a whole year of pay-per-views. I think the last... I see title match was like Sheamus's match on a pay-per-view. It was Sheamus and whoever. No, it was US. No, Sheamus and no Apollo Cruz and Biggie was the last I see title match on a pay-per-view. And then I think Sheamus had a US title match at a SummerSlam that he lost to maybe Riddle. And I think that might have been the last time the US title was on pay-per-view. But it's like yeah, it's been a long because think about it, like who what feud has Ricochet had since IC? Like, you can't even think of feud that would even need a pay-per-view match, you know? Like, so yeah. it's not even an issue of, like... He's been doing his fucking job, too. He's been trying. He's, he, he's, been, he's been working. He's been on Twitter trying to get y'all to care, trying yeah. to get y'all to call him Ricky Ricochet. He was trying to get the nigga... He was trying to... He was like, shit, give me an NXT nigga. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah. He, was, he was tweeting back and forth with Carmelo Hayes. I was like, I don't, I don't know if you want that, Rick. I'm not going to try. Like, in, in, in terms of mic work, in terms of in-ring, you got him right now, but he's getting Yo, better. in-ring. But but Mike Ward, Melo cooked that boy. I don't want to see Trick Williams. Ricochet calling Ricochet a sucker. He said, You yeah, flipping yeah. little sucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Cece, your worst storyline. Oh, man. Um, I. <sighs> shit. I think I'm getting in trouble. Um, <sighs> I'm just going to say it. Um, White women can be very boring if they don't try very hard. <laughs> like, 
They can. Yeah. And not to say that like they like this person is not trying very hard. I'm not saying that. I think the production around this person is not trying very hard because they because of the name or whatever. And the name is Rhonda. Um the worst storyline for me, and I'm I'm glad we got a chance to talk about this, um, even though it's it's over now, but I'll I'll talk about it now. Um I can't tell you how much I really didn't care about Rhonda and Charlotte. Like I really, I don't think there's words to describe how much I don't, I didn't care about that. But um, the other thing I'm seeing is like, you know, she gets it after and then, you know, they have Raquel and you know, she's got all this other stuff going on. And what I'm realizing is like, I didn't, I was right. Like before going into Rhonda Charlotte, I was, what I'm noticing about Rhonda is her, package like the package that is Rhonda is not electrifying enough to match what her name is like it's not three years three or four years ago anymore like she's not she's not with the rock in the ring at Wrestlemania anymore bro like it's not that time she has to like now like at this point um all right so here's a perfect example I was watching it or whatever, and she was on or whatever, and they said her name or whatever. Um, and my girl was like, she was like, ain't that the UFC girl? And she was like, yeah, whatever. But like, she was saying it in a way where she even kind of had to like remember the name Ronda Rousey. It's like, yeah, I think I know her from like blah, blah. Whereas like, if you go back four or five years ago or whatever, that was a time in the world where everybody was like oh, yeah. very hot at the time. Her name not hot in the streets generally outside of WWE right now, fam. Okay, you cannot go off of four years ago, okay, anymore. Right now, she has to come in and be a wrestler, electrifying the crowd, showing people that you know, uh, getting people invested with her matches or whatever, getting people invested with her mic work. I like stop lying. She's not as as like she's not killing it right now. And I don't think it's a hundred percent her fault. I think nobody sat down with her and said, like, yo, um, you could be a lot better or whatever. Let's just like do it. And I and that's not to say that she hasn't progressed because she a hundred percent has. Like, I'm not watching like there was a time where like you tell me about a Ronda match or whatever, and I'm like, I'll skim it or whatever, because she just wasn't that good in the ring. Like, she's a lot better now. It's like her timing, her selling, which was fuck. Oh my god! It was, oh my god! It was not good. <laughs> like her selling Wasn't. is a lot better. A lot of things are a lot better, or whatever. But you look at her on the mic, or whatever, and I see when she gets like she does this thing still to where she gets to the last thing that she's about to say before they're about to play their music, and I can I can tell it's the last thing that she's gonna say before they play the yep. music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like. And it's funny because the reason why you're able to tell is because everything else up to that is not really compelling you. And then she's like, Mm -hmm. this is where I have to really put the fucking button on it. And boom, she like kind of delivers the line. And it's like, oh, shit, why didn't you do that during the whole time that you were talking and like really put emphasis? And it's just like, oh, because she hasn't really gotten there yet. And of course, in order to get there, you have to put her through it. So like, this is her getting there. I understand that. But my thing is like, or whatever y'all still like the view from the wwe and the perception that's being uh that's being uh broadcasted it's like oh it's ronda rousey baddest woman blah 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 and i'm like yo bro when i watch i don't see that like it's just it's just not there so like everything with her like what i would really love to see is for her to keep this title for like three four months lose it 
take a break and come back on some like fuck shit like just <laughs> just like come back as an asshole yeah <laughs> like, her so- being a baby face is her downfall i feel like because yeah. for me it's like th- my issue with ronda is that I don't have an issue with Ronda. She's fine. Because, like, her last match with Charlotte was a perfect example. Because the actual match was good. And especially the parts at the end where she's like, oh, good, I wanted to break your arm. But there's something about when Ronda talks, you just like, I just don't believe you. Like, you just, like, she's not threatening. But it's so funny because in real life, she is incredibly threatening. Like, you, oh, she could, she's one of the few people on this roster. Like, for example, UFC-wise, she was probably better than Shayna Baszler. I think most people would agree with that. But WWE wise, how they're presented, you would think Shayna Baszler was way more dangerous. Like Ronda does not come of off as Shayna Baszler. I'm not scared right. of Ronda. I'm, I'm and not I gonna lie. Just... That's that's always been the weirdest thing with Ronda for me is like when she came in, you, you're presenting her as the baddest bitch on the planet, but she's smiling all the time. Like that yeah. that that was always really weird to me. The, the mic work, you know, you 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 you're coming from a world where you don't have to talk much, so I kind of give her some room to grow there she like she really only was active for a year then she took three years off and and now she's back so i'm not expecting her to be amazing immediately like some some people just got good at mic work um and i think the whole myth mythical energy surrounding her that was there in her first run it's definitely wore off because we're like because we're just waiting for her to come back she comes back yeah she wins the rumble and she loses at mania which was a weird choice and she only really won the title at WrestleMania Backlash because Charlotte's about to get married, which is kind of weird. But I think she has to be a babyface at this point because, like, SmackDown really doesn't have a- any believable babyfaces that show up to work, aka Sasha Banks. Huh. Yeah, I mean, um, let's, uh, let's, so, that's a different subject. You know, um, like, SmackDown really doesn't have big babyfaces right now. So, and like, people hate Charlotte. Like, uh, you know, regardless of what, whether she's, a tweener or a full heel, like Charlotte just gets full hate. So like with her being the, the top heel and champion for that period of time, if you're going to introduce the, this new threat, like I, I understand the decision for Ron to be a baby face. And honestly, given how much she'd be smiling and looking happy, like happy to be there. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think they should lean into that for a while um, because of the popularity that she carries outside of the E. I, I, I definitely agree. CC like, she's kind of got to integrate herself a bit better into the WWE system, but the crowd still love her. Like, you know, Quan was at WrestleMania backlash. She was like, yo, the crowd went up for Ronda. Like she's, she's still a huge draw, but it's like, all right, beyond being a draw, we're only going to get as invested in you as you kind of provide us the entertainment that people who have been doing this for a while can as well. So that means having good matches, also having good mic work promos, and just having like a, a character that we that we believe in more. I, I definitely think she's improved a bit on the mic for, from when for from her first run, but she's definitely still got some ways to go. And I, it's it's just SmackDown is such slim pickings, bro. Like I don't, yeah. I, I don't know how long Charlotte's gonna be gone. Maybe not long at all for a wedding, but like Ronda, Charlotte, Sasha, and Naomi are are assumedly gonna be on ice for a little while. Shotzi is you know rising up. Raquel's there now, but. SmackDown really don't got shit. Like, yo, it's about to be NXT, bro. It's, it's about to be it's NXT bad. 1.0. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they need EO to bring up. Like, they need to bring up EO. Yeah, they need to bring up um, KLR, aka uh, whatever her name is now. Alba uh, um, Fire. Yeah, uh, Alba. Like the, the SmackDown needs men and women. To be honest, like SmackDown needs both. SmackDown really needs both. So you know they're they're doing what they can with Ronda. 
I definitely want to see the Ronda Shayna feud, but um, yeah, that Charlotte story was not good because, and, and we talked about this, you know, before we took our break, like the Charlotte feud is the same thing. You just put in a, a different person. Like yeah. Charlotte's just, I'm the opportunity. I'm the queen, this, that, and the third. You're not on my level, blah, blah, blah. She does underhanded stuff. She'll come in and give them the big boot during their match, stuff like, like it, it's, it's not different. And that's the worst part is like, this is not Ronda's fault. She can improve, but this is not Ronda's yeah. fault. But the thing about Charlotte is she'd be right, though. Like, she'd be like, y'all can't hang with me, and they really don't. Like, but it's I like, think, so that's what's so annoying was, about Charlotte. The way you phrased it is exactly it. That was my problem with that feud. It was Charlotte's feud. Ronda's the bigger name. Why was it Charlotte's feud? Because she was champion. Bigger name to you. But she, she was Flair, champion. Big dog. Like, yeah. Charlotte Flair, big dog. You know, the, 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 the same thing happened on the other side. Like it was it, it, it's you know, we all wanted Bianca to win, but Becky was champion. And but Be- Becky's big time Bex dog. Like, yeah, it, but I felt she, like she came back, got the title the day she returned <laughs> in 26 like, seconds. <laughs> even the whole time, I felt like that was always a Becky Bianca feud. Like I'm the way I saw. The well, yeah, because it was it was also built up longer. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. way I look at the Ronda Charlotte like, thing. That, that was Bianca and Becky's like fourth or fifth match at that point. Mm-hmm. They just plugged they plugged Ronda in the same way they would have done anyone who was there who should have been there when Charlotte was like champion. And that's my yeah. thing. It's just like if you can plug her in, that means she's not like on an island like you think she's on an island. Yeah. yeah. To, to your point, it's like, yeah, like. Charlotte, you're not really the opportunity for Ronda for real. Like it's like it's like that. That's kind of why the feud doesn't make sense to your point. Now I think much like I mean we're both kind of equally like helping each other out here. Like I'm not you know Ember Moon. Like let's slow down. Like let's. Yeah. Like, and but Ronda doesn't come with that energy. So when Ronda comes with like the yeah I'll show you bitch. It's like okay well Charlotte must be right then because she is talking yeah, down. Right. You're not doing nothing back. Exactly. Yeah, like, and this is yours, circle back to my first point, which is <laughs> that when they're not trying hard enough, you know, just like because they think like it's just this thing that it happens in uh, the professional life, too, or whatever. If you've ever you'll see it or whatever. But it's just one of those things where it's just like a lip like, you know, they'll throw in a little bit of sass and be like, oh, bad bitch. And it's like, no, nah, nigga, you got to mm. do more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, 100 percent. Uh, I'll jump into my worst storyline. I'm not going to be long on it at all. Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. This feud is not good to me. Uh, Joe Gacy, I actually liked him a lot when he first came in because he was, he, to me, they just took everything from wrestling Twitter that wrestling Twitter complains about and had him be the opposite of all of that and gave them more things to complain about. And I think he was op- acting like kind of like a like mirror for them. Like people were so thrown off by his character because he was just being this like, super inclusive super weird just like over the top kind of dude so to shift him to this like weird like call it call it what it is like puppet puppet master with these freaking ghouls behind him these druids kidnapping people's families like it's 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 just it was a very sharp transition like it was just really weird like he was advocating to fight for the cruiserweight title at one point and now he's kidnapping people's family and just acting super creepy. Like, and like, he was a little creepy before, but it was like weird, creepy. Now it's like, Oh, you're kind of like, you, you might be like satanic, like, like, like you, you, you might like be like a devil worshiper or something. And yeah, I think, man. and I think for Braun is definitely a big challenge for his character, but truthfully, aside from Carmelo and Grayson Waller, 
I don't think there's anyone else for Braun to face on NXT. So with me, it's kind of just like a waiting game for them to call Braun up. And, you know, he, he still has some improvement he can make, but like, it was cool to see him in, in those raw matches. Like he, he looked good, but like, yeah, it's kind of just like, he's, he's, he beat Walter. Like he's he beat Champa. He's beaten so many different people. Like there's really nothing else for Braun to do. So I think that's the worst part is like, this feud if you weren't savvy enough it can make you look at braun as if like he's not good but the reality is it's just a very weird pairing for him i do an extremely weird pairing i do think braun though like i mean this is professional wrestling you always need the devil you need the undertaker you need the (laughs) fiend you need tame like every we always need some big bad evil threat because at a certain point with any, you know, hero story, you get through all the physical threats and you have to get through the mental, emotional threats. So there's always going to be, you know, Batista versus The Undertaker, Triple H, or like they're always that dark force in it. To your point, the issue is that like Joey Gacy is now just doing like Bray Wyatt impressions. And it's like, this isn't really what. It's like Bray, the, the Undertaker. Yeah. It's, it's weird. But it's they also, really I will say NXT, I think this is one of NXT 2.0's few issues, and Mills tweeted this too, I think, is that their feuds go on too long. Like, I think because they're trying to get people in the habit of working and working together, they have them, and also because NXT didn't have pay-per-views every month, yeah. people will be feuding for just three months, and it's like, how many times do I need to see y'all wrestle, dog? And it's like, it, it makes the feud seem like the Joey Gacy feud should just be done. That should have been a one pay-per-view feud. Should have been done. a one and done. Absolutely. Yeah. And now they're having like multiple matches. It feels drawn out. Same with, I feel about Tony D'Angelo and Escobar. It's like Santos Escobar. It's like, I don't really want to see y'all wrestle no more, bro. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to see Tony period. Like he's, he's not good to me at all. One of his flungies is named Channing. So I kind of have to keep watching, oh but that's the only, only thing keeping me in. So you are compromised. Um, Let's jump into this rapid fire free write real quick before we get into our rewrite. So I'm going to ask a question to one of you. You're going to give me a quick answer for it. So, and this kind of aligns with my catch up slash rewrite portion about Cody Rhodes. Where does Cody Rhodes go after he is done with Seth Rollins? CC. Um, Bobby Lashley. Nah, I don't. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I've been thinking about this ever since he debuted. At, I, you know what's funny? I've been thinking about this since he debuted at WrestleMania. Like when he came up, I'm like, all right, he's got Seth. Where do you where know what the next pay per view is after Hell in a Cell in July? Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Yeah, it's gotta be. I, he's on the poster. It has to be, bro. That's the yeah, only thing that say, makes sense. I feel like because the thing is, is like. He can't go. He can't, can't go, go down. Right. Yeah. To, he can't go. He can't go down. Yeah. There's not really a sideways that really makes sense. And he can't just walk up to Roman right now. Yeah. So like there has to be a, a, um, a MacGuffin, if you will, to like that leads mm-hmm. him to wherever he goes to the next place. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Jan. I think it's, it's money in it. Like you don't, he doesn't get anywhere by going to like a direct feud. It has to be like, through something he wins and now he has an opportunity so like yeah money in the bank probably yeah and wow this this probably leads i I think it probably leads into the question i'm gonna ask you channing so do this is a two-part question do the inevitable roman versus riddle and roman versus orton matches lead to the orton versus riddle feud do one of them beat roman for one of his titles I think that, you know, give 
withstanding any like life events like for whatever reason i don't know why but roman has been giving me like summer pregnancy vibe like he's already gonna like not be on tv for a while so if something like that happens where he's just like hey i need a break for a month maybe he drops a title as one of them but i don't think so i think that i do think that at wrestlemania the match will be randy versus riddle like i could definitely see a scenario where Riddle gets the match, loses, but in a very valiant effort, you know, gets knocked out. Usos are jumping him. Randy saves him. SummerSlam matches. Randy V, you know, Roman, whatever. And then, but I think the breakup of them will be a slow burn because it seems like this is one of their most over tag teams ever. Like everything you see coming out is that they wanted to break us up, but we forced our way back together. So I feel like their breakup part will have to be just as dramatic, which is to me is a WrestleMania thing. And you're not going to blow that off at, you know, um, elimination chamber pre-show you know what i'm saying like yeah. so i feel like they're gonna really milk that and maybe you know randy does get a title and it's for the wwe title i, I kind of think to the earlier question i think cody gets that but yeah i i think they do have a wrestlemania match for sure and i think it'll be fucking fire mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh i'll ask myself who beats the usos i don't know man <laughs> i really don't know who's gonna beat them bro i uh, I, I I thought it was going to be the Viking Raiders. I would like it to be the Prophets. I think that that's probably going to be the next place that they go. You you think Alpha Academy is going to beat the Usos? No, nah. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't. I, I, I don't think know, man. I don't. I don't know if they're going to go that route again so soon. I think the Alpha Academy will get another reign at some point. I don't think it's going to be right now to beat the undisputed tag team champions. You know who I, I think know. it'll be. You know, I think he's really about to cash in. Not cash in. But, you know, I think it's like they like a lot. I think it's going to be Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. I think they're going to have this match end up being friends afterwards. Mm. And Because, you know, Kevin Owens loves a best friend. He loves yeah. a buddy. Yeah. And then I think because Kevin, because to your point, it has to be someone who is so popping that they can match the Usos and all the other Titans they've already beat. So I think it'll be two single superstars who come together. Mm. And immediately I saw that tweet of like, Kevin Owens hasn't had a title in five years. And so I think a fun storyline, also you get Kevin and Roman running it back. Like they can yeah. do some talking and stuff too. I think Kevin's um, so never yeah. been a tag team champion either. Boom. Well, there you go. Him and Ezekiel. The, the crazy thing is I was looking Ezekiel's at this never had a title. The men's and the women's, if you want to do anything with the tag teams, make new tag teams. Yeah, you're saying it has to be two individuals or NXT or the Creed Brothers or something. It has to be like NXT people, literally. Creed Brothers. Bro, I've watched so much RK Bro, Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. Like, I've watched so much of that. Yeah. And granted, it's it's good, but it's a lot. It's been overkill. It's also a lot because the fruit, any feud with the Usos is tangentially a feud with Roman Reigns as well. And it's hard to see Otis and Chad Gable in the ring with Roman Reigns. Like it's, it's hard oh, to see. It's impossible. See like, I, I, like, the, I remember there was that one tag team match. It was, I think it was Kevin Owens and Otis versus Roman and Jey Uso. And then Roman just like killed Otis with the stairs. Like he just yes. absolutely just took him out of the match. I was like, yeah, nah, this, like, <laughs> yeah, no. It's like it doesn't even look believable. Like to have yeah. Roman Reigns be like, "Hey, I'm really worried about Chad Gable. I need you guys to win this match." Yeah, yeah. like come on. Yeah, yeah. but uh, let's jump into our rewrite. So, as men who uh, operate within the rewriters room, uh, the writers do need to. Um, what's the word? They they come up with the scripts and they provide them to the talent. And one of the most important talents on all these shows is the general managers of these shows. And so we have selected three different general managers and or WWE officials to uh, rewrite their tenures uh, on the shows. So I'm very interested in this. Let's start with 
let's get the let's get the horrible one out of the way. So uh, Constable Corbin and Channing, let's 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 hear your rewrite, man. The God. I'm here for justice. What can I say? Um, so I'll give you guys, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it better on my dates, my historical evidence. So on August 19th, 2018, Roman Reigns wins the Universal Championship for the first time at SummerSlam against <clears throat> Brock Lesnar. On August 20th, 2018, Baron Corbin is named GM of Raw as a replacement for Kurt Angle. So actually a month later, this does happen in real life is that Corbin books himself against Roman. But for my story, I'm just having to do it the next day. You know, Roman's had this long, grueling match against Brock. You know, first act is GM. All right, I want to face Roman. He's tired. You have the whole, like, white tape around the ribs. Um, you know, he's still got the Kevlar at this point, so it's like, really, how hurt are you? But, you know. Um, Constable Corbin books himself in a universe title match in the main event. Um, there could even be some chicanery, you know, if you want to throw in a gauntlet match Roman beforehand. You know, really build up the you know mythological status but corbin does win winning his first world title this makes up for his money in the bank loss um that johnson did cause him so now we have uh universal champion constable corin corbin currently lebron stroman is our money in the bank winner so this sets up a triple threat match at our next pay-per-view where we have Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin for the Universal Championship. Um, at this pay-per-view in real life, this is the one where uh, Braun and Roman have the hell of a match. Brock interrupts. I wanted to keep that flavor. So as you know, triple threat matches are no DQ. So Brock is well within his rights to pull up. Um, he interrupts the match, and then it ends in a no contest, which setting up at our next premium live event the super showdown in australia a fatal four-way match for the wwe universal title brock lesnar braun Strowman, roman reigns and your universal champion constable corbin i'm talking moving graphics i'm talking kangaroos you know city opera house we're doing it um brock wins of course and then your next which I loved about this run too is that all the pay-per-views are like Crown Jewel and Super Showdown, where like the main event was Brothers of Destruction versus DX. So like, how really unreasonable is it to think that this match would happen? Like, really? <laughs> you saw Kane and Shawn Michael wrestle. How unreasonable is it to think that Baron Corbin was also championship during this run? You know, it feels like it's gonna happen. Um, but then at Crown Jewel, you have Brock defeat Braun for the title, and this is actually when in real life Roman had vacated the championship. Um, you know, for his first run, not map first run, but you know what I'm saying, because he was sick. And um, so that actually happened as well as that Brock and Braun face. So it kind of gets right back into real line. This timeline isn't that too far off. But I do think, you know, I love a short title run. You know, I've given titles to the likes of Big Show, Rikishi, and Cosmo Corbett on this show. So, you know, I'm just trying to just more gold is better. I mean, as you can see from my photo here, it's Kurt Angle with all the gold. I just love a championship run. I love a, I love a win. That's but that's real Corbin becoming GM and then making Roman do a gauntlet match and then like that actually is real. That's real. He would that's do that. He <laughs> did that. He I was like the in September he books himself against Roman like right after Hell in a Cell. Like that's what he did. Like he just didn't wasn't successful at it. But yeah, I just feel like real. we haven't had kind of to your point of Roman. We haven't had a heel who's on top who also can like make decisions the way that like Roman can now. Like, where Roman's like, I'm not going to face this guy. And Adam Pierce is like, well, I guess he's not facing that guy. So I think it would be cool, too, to see, like, your, your universal champion actually be the GM and have, like, people come to him in his office. He has the title and be like, I want to face you. And be like, well, no, I don't, I don't want to book that match. I want to do something else. 
I think that would be like, think about it. Like somebody will come and like make a case to why they're going to face them. Or if they like step to them on some crazy shit, it's yeah. like, I'm going to take that title from you. And it's just like, are you now? And it's like, you know what? You probably could take this title from me. <laughs> But you're probably not gonna. I'm not gonna let you. <laughs> you got a match with. <laughs> I would <laughs> love so to. Like you'd have him wrestle, and then you'd have like wrestlers coming out to him after the match, like, "Hey, I want a match now." It's like, bro, I'm tired. Like, leave me alone. Like, I feel like Baron Corbin is very good at like the entertainment acting part of character part of wrestling too. Oh, yeah. So I think he could really play into like this whole. I'm a champion and I'm the GM and I'm like kind of too stressed. You guys are stressing me out. Now I got to do a Brock Lesnar. I got to do all this oh stuff. And it's God. just like the comedy that could come of him. Like, like it'd be funny. He's like, yeah. He, or he just like forgets about a match. Like if somebody asks for a match, he just doesn't do it. And so this match is like, he announced it and they never come out. Cause Baron Corbin never told him like stuff like that. I think could be really funny. He calls a no contest mid match. Yeah, he's like, just end it. We got to, oh, he's like, hey, Raw says, like, this match has to be done now because Roman got to wrestle, so, like, you guys have to wrap this up. Like, him coming out mid-match and doing that would be so funny. He's like, hey, yo, stop, 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 stop. This match got to be done. Like, he's actually booking the shows with the headset on and the and the universal title. They show I'm into him, it. I know Armand's not. They show him the back yeah, he's a gorilla. Like, sits. <laughs> he's a gorilla. You see the vision. This is hilarious. You both, you both really disgust me. <laughs> you, both, you both can. I'm not gonna. Yeah, this is gross. This is gross. Um, CC, you have Adam oh, Pierce here. Man. So mine's like not one from like the past or like anything crazy or anything like that. But we are gonna walk it out uh, back a little bit. So starting in 2020, a guy who was the former, I think, uh, NWA champion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, who produced who was the first indie contract person to produce a WWE pay-per-view a guy we all know and love um who gets into hairy situations except for when it comes to the top of his head Adam Pierce <laughs> becomes the on-screen WWE authority figure on both Raw and SmackDown now here's the important part he is the WWE authority figure on both Raw and SmackDown. If you've listened to this podcast in the in the past, you've know, you know and uh, you've paid attention. You know how much I love the late '90s and the all the crazy shit that Vince was doing, and just how much I love for in, uh, the authority figures to be involved in what's going on um, in wrestling. One thing that I noticed about Adam Pierce is like he's on TV. He's making matches. He's at contract signings. Sometimes he gets into it with people. But if you really look at his character, he's like a passive, like, (laughs) yes, like he's just there. You know what it is? He's like he's there to be a face to the decisions that are being made. That's what he is. And I'm like, nah, I don't like that shit. So here's how we're going to (laughs) go. So here's how we're going to go. So, um. Everything that happens when he like first joins, you know, all that that crazy stuff um, that still happens. And the most important stuff that happens is the stuff, you know, how we had smoke with Roman or whatever. I think Roman beat his ass twice, if I'm not mistaken. And then, you know, Pierce had KO come into that situation or whatever. Um, he got uh, Shane uh, made him get crash dummy just because he wanted to call Braun stupid. <laughs> and then um, and then, you know, Brock beat his ass. So that happened or whatever, all on camera. Um, the crazy thing is, is like, I think I like I, I think about all that. Like when you when you put all that together in, you know, a few sentences following each other, 
I think the next logical step you go is like, damn, wouldn't this guy be like fed up with these people and you know stuff like that? Well, my story, Adam Pierce Harris. Adam yes, Pierce, he's yes. not. He is not just gonna take this. He's not just gonna take this and just keep being a WWE official and just like Vince, you know, Mr. McMahon said this, and I'm gonna go do that and blah blah. No, nah, hell no. Nah. Pierce is like, y'all whoop my ass. Got something for you. Pierce goes heel or whatever, but he still gets his ass beat. That's my rewrite. <laughs> so here's the rewrite. So like, so like after he gets crashed dummy by like Braun, I think he's out for like he's not on TV for like one or two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember exactly how it went. Um, after uh I'm sorry, after Brock beat his ass or whatever. Um, and then like he he comes back or whatever, and also during his reign, Sonya's not involved at all. Um she's she's never an official at, at uh during his reign for me um because i want him to, uh the way he works you'll see where i go with this um so so adam pierce you know he comes back or whatever and they have the camera on him and you know he's just sitting there or whatever and he looks co- contemplative like he's thinking about something or whatever and you think it's you know just like the regular adam pierce or whatever and then you know he he, he kind of sighs and then he goes you know what, go ahead and do it or whatever. Um, that's what we'll go with. And you'll think he's just making like kind of like a tough decision or whatever, but you don't really know what it is. Um, this is during a raw taping. Um, so he, you know, he says that or whatever. And then there's a, a main event going on. Um, doesn't really matter who's in the main event. Doesn't really matter. Um, but he has his all you all you see is the lights go off during the main event then the lights come on and uh damian priest apollo cruz bobby Roode, and t-bar are outside of the ring <laughs> and you're like what well what's going on here and then they just interrupt the main event um you uh, honestly it doesn't matter who the main event is after they interrupt the main event adam pierce comes out and by the look on his face, you're thinking that he's going to be like, wait, you know, this is not how it's supposed to go. I'm going to call this match the right way. We're going to have so-and-so happen, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he kind of speaks to that in a, in, in a way, you know, he's like, this is, this is not how things were supposed to go. This is not how it was supposed to be initially set up or whatever. And everybody in the ring, uh, the four people I named who just beat the, the main, uh, the two main people S or whatever is like looking at Adam Pierce or whatever. And then he goes, he kind of like turns and smiles and he goes more. And then they start whooping, their, <laughs> whooping their ass even more or whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, he comes to the ring or whatever, um, and he announces, this is officially the Adam Pierce era. And you're like, what the hell is going on? So you got like Roman, who's the universal champion. Um, I forget who's the the um, the raw champion at this time, uh, but they're still the champion. Um, this is like, uh, right now we're in, hold on a second. We are in 2021. We're was, in like- Drew, Miz, then Bobby. In early gotcha. 2021. Yeah. Um, so we're in late 2021 now. So we're we're right around November. This is this is all happening. Um, and you're like, what the what the hell is going on? Or whatever. Um, next week, um, you see Adam Pierce is just <laughs> Adam Pierce is in his locker room. He's got models, you know, he's got the four guys that I just named. They're in his locker room, you know. He's got a new big screen TV, he's kicked back. He's wearing casual clothes and he's just chilling, living the good life or whatever. And then um, a referee like comes in 
Um, and he like asked, you know, he's asking Adam like, hey, you know, you know, am I still going to be refing that match tonight? And he goes, yeah, in fact, go out there because we're going to start it right now. And, you know, what he does is uh, <laughs> he, he has, sends the ref out to the ring. So you see the ref going out to the ring. The announcer is like, now we will be starting our gauntlet match or whatever. And then all of a sudden um, you hear KO's music, but KO doesn't come out for a while. And then it cuts the K, a camera on KO in the back. And he's like listening to his music. And he's like, what's going on or whatever. And then like, he's kind of in the locker room, Adam Pierce and his posse roll up or whatever. Again, let me remind you who's in Adam Pierce's posse, Damian Priest, Apollo Cruz, Bobby Roode and T-Bar. And the, what a strange the- group of guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a what a what a WrestleMania Intercontinental Title ladder match group of men. Bro, like what a that's, that's, no, that's that, that's 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 the Andre the Giant battle royale. Yeah, that's the Andre the Giant. Come on, so come on. what a what a pre-show it. number one contenders match group of people I've ever seen. <laughs> so so he's like so the, so he rolls they roll up in in Ko's locker room and they're like they're like you know uh, they're just like looking intimidating. They don't say anything for a while and he's like. He's like, Adam, I don't understand. Like, what's going on? My music's playing. And do, do I have a match right now? And he's like, you could say that. And, and then he's like, you better get out there. So, like, you know, Kevin eventually goes out there and he's walking out. And, like, we've seen this a few times where wrestlers are, like, walking out and they're kind of, like, looking like, uh, I don't know why I'm out here, but I guess I'm out here or whatever. And then the ring announcer announces or whatever, um, announcing your first contestant, uh, uh kevin owens or whatever uh and then the referee kind of like talks to the ring announcer and they go and you they kind of make a face where it's like oh yeah you're right and what they say (laughs) they say is this will be a gauntlet match or whatever so adam pierce uh like comes out or whatever before they announce who he's gonna face or whatever and adam pierce is like um you couldn't get the job done Rome, you let Roman, you know, whoop my ass and do blah, 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 blah. And that's the reason why blah, blah, blah. So like Adam Pierce is just blaming all of his like bad things on like other wrestlers and shit like that, whatever. But he's also got wrestlers to beat those wrestlers up. So then he has KO go through the gauntlet with all the people that, that are in his, uh, his posse or whatever, um, maybe plus one more or whatever. Um, and then like Kevin wins, but they still beat his ass. And then basically what happens is, is like Adam Pierce is just running this gang on Raw and SmackDown and he adds Zelina Vega, Angel Garza, Gender, and Mace <laughs> to, to this. So between Raw and SmackDown, he's got all these people in his stable to do his bidding and whoop people's asses whenever he needs to or whatever. And essentially what Adam Pierce does is he goes through and for all the slights he was taking in 2020 2020 to 2021 he has his uh his um his crew go back and whoop people's asses and all of this is happening and you see him and he's you see like every once in a while like every two weeks or whatever um like one of them will ask like uh one of the people in his uh his stable will ask like hey um boss is it ready yet and he's like, not yet, not yet, um, or whatever. And there's just like, you're wondering what he was referring to. And what he's referring to is like his grand plan to get the title off of Roman or whatever. So it's funny because Roman's like kind of like a heel, uh, like a heel champion, but you also got like this heel GM at the same time. And the reason why uh, 
Adam Pierce doesn't immediately go after Romans because Romans too like Romans is too huge at this point. But also at the same time, Adam Pierce wants to make sure that he really gets that that uh, title off of um, off of uh, off of Roman. Um, so instead of having Jimmy come back and challenge Roman, what happens is Adam Pierce like sets up something to where like he gets Roman to like show up for the show or whatever and tells him not only um, will you be defending that title and that title will be coming off of you soon, but you will be defending that title right now in a fatal five way against like four people <laughs> from his stable and like Roman or whatever. And Adam Pierce is like, you know, I don't, he's like, I, you know, he's kind of talking down on people in the stable. He's like, I don't care which one of those losers gets the title as long as you don't have it or whatever. Um, so like Roman is like, you know, kind of kicking ass, but also kind of getting his ass beat or whatever a little bit um, only because he gets jumped from there from, uh, from time to time, but he's pretty much kicking everybody's ass. And that's why I specifically had these people in the stable, because you need to have people who you can have like Roman just whoop their ass. And it's just like, ah, OK, you know, it's fine or whatever. Um, but you never believe they're really going to take the title off of them. Um, but at one point, it looks like Apollo Crews um, is really going to get this title off of him uh, because he's about to pin him <laughs> at some point or whatever. Um, and in comes Jimmy. And this is where the bloodline really starts. Like Jay and Jimmy both come in, they break it up. Roman ends up winning or whatever. Adam Pierce has to take his ball and go home or whatever. And Adam Pierce, you kind of don't see him off TV for a while. Roman still dominates. But yeah, I just wanted Pierce to get a run where he's just like, no, nah, you know what? Y'all niggas beat my ass. I'm going to have somebody beat your ass or whatever, too. And the crazy thing is, is like he just switches favorites from now on. I mean, from now and then, like he'll have like one wrestler. He's like, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to have you win the Intercontinental Champion. I'm going to set up this stipulation and you get to go against this person. And then like midway through the match, after he sees the person's getting his ass beat or whatever, he just makes it a triple threat with one of his goons or whatever. <laughs> and then the, one of his goons ends up winning the Intercontinental Championship. It's T-Bar, by the way. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my rewrite. Okay, a more tough Adam Pierce. That's uh, That would have been interesting. Very, um very like McMahon chilled child storyline. Like I feel like oh. Steph or Shane would get this storyline too. Like, oh yeah, oh, y'all yeah. aren't respecting me. Like, I'm a, I'm gonna get some guys to show you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's a tale of fun. It's quite interesting that you all say this because my rewrite plays into a McMahon like storyline. So, for those who were watching wrestling in 2008, there was a general manager by the name of Mike Adamley. You might have previously seen him as an interviewer on Raw. He did a play-by-play commentary on ECW. And in July of 2008, he was appointed the Monday Night Raw general manager by the executive, Shane McMahon. Um, Mike Adamley's time in the WWE was a very short time. He was finished being general manager by October 2008. So a little under three months of a general manager run. But in that time, he introduced something groundbreaking called Adamley Originals, high-profile matches that weren't really all that high-profile, but because he called them Adamley Originals, they hit. Uh, Josh Matthews likened him to a dyslexic six-year-old reading in front of a classroom, and that's because he made a lot of mistakes on commentary and in his interviews. Uh, he called Jeff Hardy Jeff Harvey. He pronounced barbaric bubaric. He called the WWE title the WEDM championship. He called Taz the Taz, and he called Jimmy Wang Yang Jimmy Yang Yang. Um, and he ultimately quit the general manager role in October 2008 due to an on-screen scuffle with Randy Orton. Now, in my rewrite, 
everything happens the same. He makes a lot of mistakes on commentary as a general manager. He's like booking matches and saying they're championship matches, but they're not really championship matches. And the championship scramble question that I had plays into this time because during the time Adam Lee was general manager, the championship scramble happened. Now that night at Unforgiven 2008, Randy Orton, Ted DiBiase, uh, Cody Rhodes, and one of the other uh, Usos or uh, members of, of the Anoa'i family attacked CM Punk. Randy Orton Punk kicked him and CM Punk could not defend his title. So Chris Jericho ended up winning the w the world heavyweight championship in the raw championship scramble at unforgiven 2008 now the very next night a bunch of superstars come into mike adam lee's office and they're like how can you let this happen you letting randy orton and his guys run around a little like their pock like yo what's going on like this is crazy adam lee's like honestly i don't really care too much about this job i don't really care too much about you guys i'm here for the money like i i'd be making i'd be mistaking people's names because i don't read the contracts i don't read anything I just, you know, I, I just kind of book the matches or I let people tell me what matches I, I should book. I'm here for the check. But since you all are pressing me, he puts like Rey Mysterio into like a one on three handicap match. He puts CM Punk into a handicap match. He puts a bunch of the, the baby faces who are complaining about what's going on into different matches at, at a point in time. And he aligns himself with Chris Jericho, the new world heavyweight champion and Lance Cade. Now in October was when he had the scuffle with Randy Orton. So you fast forward there. And the very next week after the after he slapped Randy Orton, um, he's in the ring with Shane McMahon and Randy Orton, and he says he's going to resign. He actually resigns. In my rewrite, he pretend resigns, and then he beats up Shane McMahon with Randy Orton. By this time, Randy Orton is part of the legacy, and Mike Adam is like, I'm this rich guy who runs Raw. I'm corporate. We're going to create the, the, the corporate legacy. So the corporate legacy is made up of Mike Adam Lee, Chris Jericho, Lance Cade, Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase. It's a bunch of like third generation superstars or super rich superstars, people that have been around for a while. And so they just run roughshod over the E for like months. This is obviously leading into the Royal Rumble and like WrestleMania. And so at the Royal Rumble, all, all of the wrestlers within that faction, Jericho, Lance Cade, because Jericho lost the world title by this point to um, John Cena. And uh, Randy Orton won the 2009 Royal Rumble to then face Triple H at WrestleMania 25. So they're all in, in the Rumble together, going crazy, going crazy, throwing people out. Shane comes out. Vince McMahon comes out. Triple H comes out. And so it becomes a corporate legacy versus McMahon's feud. And this leads them all the way to, to WrestleMania. Mike Adamley even gets in the ring himself. The McMahons recruit some other wrestlers. Um, this is WrestleMania 25. Who did Batista face at WrestleMania 25? I don't I don't remember. Um, we're just going to put Batista in the match. Um, we're going to put uh, CM Punk in the match because CM Punk got wronged by Randy Orton. And John Cena had a title match, so not John Cena. Uh, who else can we throw in this match? Let's throw... Let's, uh, oh, could Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston in the match, too. Kofi Kingston. So it's Corporate Legacy versus the McMahons and um, Batista and CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. Because CM Punk and Kofi started tag teaming together, too, actually. Uh, corporate legacy wins and then they kind of run wwe like the authority did and the mcmahons are trying everything they're they're you know trying contracts they're they're doing matches they're doing a bunch of different things with mike mike adam lee essentially becomes what trump would have been if trump <laughs> had had control of raw for like longer um and ultimately it ends with a with a one-on-one -on -one match mike adam lee versus vince mcmahon at uh summer of the following year and the match is for control 
over Raw. And Vince McMahon ends up winning that match. And Mike Adam is kicked out. But he, ba- he essentially becomes like a mob boss. And like the fact that he, like Shane McMahon hires him. And then he turns on Shane and aligns himself with Randy Orton, who was terrorizing the McMahon family. And so it just, it just becomes this whole thing where like the, the McMahon family's past is looking them in the face because they were the corporation at one point and they were running the shows like tyrants. And then they have to face that themselves and figure it out. And through that, the family grows closer together. And Triple H finally, like, like he, he, he had aligned himself with, with the McMahons in a certain way, but this is when he like really starts to be embraced as like a, one of the McMahons, one of the executives. And this is like towards the end of his run anyway. So. I was going to say, I think it would be a fly little storyline if, like, there's this tension where Randy's like, hey, bro, like, come over here. Like, you're not really a big man or whatever. And then Stephanie's like, no, like, you're a big man. And then, like, the it would have ends is kind of like with the um, Alliance versus WWE, where Triple H ends up, like, deciding to stick with the McMahons and, like, fully be bought in, kind of like in succession, where he's like, no, like, I'm I'm down. Like, I'm really down. And he, like, wins the match for them. And then it's like he said, like, I'm submitted as a McMahon, like, I sacrificed my relationship with Randy and these evolution guys for you. I yeah. think that'd be fly too. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, I'm think- fucking with this rewrite heavy. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because it was it's so funny. Like Adam Lee was just, he was so goofy, bro. Like, and I remember this time so vividly. This was like summer 2008. I was just going into uh, 2008 was my eighth grade year. Yeah, my yeah, I was in high school. Eighth grade, yeah. So I was going into eighth grade and like CM Punk had just cashed in on edge. So I was super hyped. I was like, yo, this is lit. And then Mike Adamley, I remember him because I was watching ECW at this time or what was left of ECW at this time. I was like, oh, shit, Adamley's cool. And then he was gone so soon. I was like, wait, what? And like, he wasn't a great GM anyways. But I'm just like, nah, man, I, th- I think you could have gotten a lot a lot more out of this. And, you know, it turns out he requested his release from the WWE. They didn't fire oh, okay. him. So, you That's know, good. whatever was going on with him, he, he wasn't with the shits no more. But I thought they could have got more out of that. So. On that's his our, Wikipedia, it looks like he went back to announcing. So I yeah, think that's yeah, what yeah, he yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's done a bunch of different – I didn't know he was a former NFL player. Like, he played in the NFL for six years. Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. Because as, as an older dude, he he just looks so small. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yo, I think that, that, uh, that storyline of somebody being like – Cause it's I the reason why that that resonated me with, with me a lot is because it just reminded me of, of a lot of middle management that I've had to work for where yeah. it's just like you are just here collecting the check yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah you gotta, like you gotta fully lean into that yeah because Vin, like that. because Vince was seen as that for a while too so mm-hmm. you you just fully lean into that and you have Vince deal with someone who's like just as maniacal as him and like. You know, like Shane, Shane has to look his privilege in the face and all that. Like, it's just, there's so many different psychological things you could play off of. I like yeah. that. Yeah. They've so, got to humble themselves. That is our rewrite, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back with you all. We will be finishing up season three uh, through through the summer. Um, so you can uh, tab into our Patreon. Make sure you check out the A-Show. Make sure you check out the War Report. Make sure you check out Spot Callers. Make sure you check out everything that we have on the A-Show Patreon. Make sure you check out everything on RNC. Make sure you stream CC's new single. What is it? Well, one-on-one is called? One-on-one. One-on-one. One of one. Make sure you stream one-on-one. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really all we got for now. So we'll be back with you soon. We are the men with the pen.